Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder. And I'm delighted to say I've got a very special guest, um, none other than Leon Daniels, who I've been kind of a, a disciple of for decades. Um, he was uh, managing director of surface transport at Transport for London. Um, he used to work for First Group. He's built his own business. He he knows much more about um, transport than I ever will. And in particular, he knows much more about buses. You might recall I was singing the praises just a week or so ago about the marvellous number 63 bus and this has been trumpeted by Transport for London as the future of the bus. It's running almost, it goes from Honor Oak in southeast London right through to King's Cross. And I enjoyed the way that it was running on batteries, the way it's got a sunroof, really good information provision, somewhere to plug in your, your phone, all sorts of miracles. And the reason I'm talking to Leon is that he got in touch with me and said, um, Actually, I know a thing or two about uh, buses in London, and I can tell you that perhaps your celebration of uh, the number 63 is a little bit late. So, so Leon, talk to me, first of all, about all electric buses. Simon, thank you very much. Look, I'm honoured with your introduction. Thank you. Actually, we've had all electric buses in London for quite a long time. I brought the first couple of them into London in 2013. And what, they, a decade ago? A decade ago. Uh, two Chinese, oh, my goodness. Two, chi two Chinese single-decker buses ran on Route 507 and 521 um, back in 2013, ran very, very well. And so by 2016, we converted all of the 507 and 521, which is 50 vehicles. And they run on the important services between Waterloo and Victoria Station on the 507 and to London Bridge on the 521. They carry thousands of people coming out of trains at Waterloo and London Bridge and so on. And that went so well, we started then moving into more single-deck electrics and a bit of a competitive market started to grow up between the various manufacturers. So whilst I was still at TfL back in 2016-17, we announced the first opportunity to bid for electric buses on double-decker routes. And so we started with the 13443 and now all new bus route contracts in London, if they're awarded on new buses, are awarded on zero emission vehicles. So there's about 850 electric buses now running in London, which is nearly 10% of the fleet. Ooh. There's a few hydrogen ones because they're also zero emission. Again, we've been running hydrogen buses in London since 2004. Uh, oh. And so you were way ahead of way ahead of the um, uh, the, the, the curve, ahead. yeah. Everything about electric and indeed hydrogen is fabulous for the people living in the city because we get zero tailpipe emissions. There's no such thing as a free lunch and all zero zero emission vehicles are consuming some precious metals which have to be mined. All these vehicles require to be charged and if people are burning coal in order to make the electricity to charge the bus then we're cre creating pollution elsewhere. Now the UK is doing pretty well. There's almost no coal at all unlike places like Poland that still burn quite a bit of it. Mm. So a combination in the UK of wind, solar, a little bit of nuclear and so on means that we are 
pretty good on creating green electricity. Much further to go, we're still burning gas as well, but things are progressing. And what I'm really proud to say is that we can measure across London an improvement in air quality as a result of electric buses. And uh, I'm very proud to have been associated with it. And I'm watching from the sidelines as it's developed even further. Yeah, can I have a, a question about the new route master, which I think I recall um, d uh, reporting on the very first journey, which, if I'm not mistaken, was a number 38 from Hackney to um, London, Victoria, in about 2012. I think it was about the Olympic year. And I remember clocking the fact that there were 8,000 people at the bus uh, starting point, whereas if I ran along the, the road to its first stop, I would be able to squeeze on board, which is, is what happened. But these were unveiled and anybody of a certain age will remember the extraordinary success of the, I think it was the AEC Routemaster in the 1960s, really transforming bus transport in London. These are quite rightly no longer sophisticated enough. They don't have space and facilities for people with mobility issues, etc. And so we got these new buses and the whole idea was that they were going to be open at the back and that would all be really good and easy. And now that doesn't happen. And they're also sort of being discontinued. What went wrong or what went right and hasn't been properly reported? Simon, we could do a whole book on this, but let's see if we can do <laughs> two minutes. Well, of course, when the old AEC Routemaster was first produced and there were two and a half thousand of those in London, London transport and politics were two separate places. Whereas, of course, now politics is very heavily involved in the operation of transport in London. And indeed, TfL reports to the mayor and the mayor chairs the TfL board. Just before we get too romantic about the old Routemaster, it was conceived in 1947 and it took, <laughs> took till 1954 to build one. It took till <laughs> 1958 to build another three. And when the first hundred went into service in 1959, they were a complete disaster and hundreds of them were put aside and very many campaigns had to be done to rework the steering, rework the, uh, <laughs> the subframes, do everything to all sorts of things to them before they became the very dependable and lovable buses that carried on in London until 2005. The new Routemaster, which is a political animal, you know, Boris Johnson stood on a manifesto that included a radical new design for a bus in London. He ran a competition for people to design the new bus for London. But politics being politics is... Uh, he was elected, uh, as you'll recall, in 2008. By 2011, we'd got the prototype. And by 2012, we had the first half dozen. We've now got a thousand. And those thousand new Routemasters, apart from a faulty batch of electric steering pumps, and apart from the issue that everybody remember about it not having opening windows and getting too hot in the summer, they're all still running. All thousand are still in service. Uh, the earliest ones are going through their midlife refurbishments. And although there were people who said that they were too expensive, well, there's two sorts of cheap. There's cheap at the beginning and there's cheap over the lifetime of the product. And the fact that all thousand are now running continuously and going through their refurbishment, I think it was a good value for money decision. However, they're so closely associated with Boris Johnson that if you love Boris, you love the new Routemaster. And if you hate Boris, <laughs> you hate the new Routemaster. And that is the danger of politics and transport all being mixed up together. Well, you would have heard the bell there. We're running out of time. I'm going to have to hurry you, Leon, and ask you for your favourite London bus route. And that may well be a combination of scenery plus the actual uh, vehicle that's that's running the service. And also, if I can slip in a supplementary, how on earth are we going to get more people back on the buses in London? 
Well, I'm going to say my favourite bus route is the 100 because that's the one that gets me home from wherever I've been in London during the course of the day. It's fully... um, and it runs from, if I'm not mistaken, St Paul's through to Wapping via meanders almost more than the Thames. And, indeed, and on to Shadwell. Like you describe, it's got the, it's electric bus, it's got those USB sockets. You think you're charging your phone, actually we're sucking the electricity out of your phone to get the bus go a few more miles. <laughs> and it's fully electric and it runs through the wonderful Dockland streets of, of Wapping that's st still cobbled streets. Here, here we are just by the Tower of London. We've got cobbled streets, we've got wharves, warehouses, and it's like a little bit of an old movie and you go past uh, various or other lovely old seafaring pubs in Dockland. So that is my favourite. And you asked the question then about how do we get more people back on the bus? Look, well, £1.65. Do you know, a medium latte in Costa Coffee's three twenty-five. I advocated <laughs> the commissioner in London, now Andy Lord. I said to him that he should make the London bus fare the same as a medium latte in Costa Coffee, because if you're prepared to pay three pounds twenty-five for a spoonful of coffee, uh, some hot water in a paper cup with the opportunity to put in your own sugar, if you think that's worth three twenty-five, travelling on a bus maybe for up to an hour for one pound sixty-five is fantastic value. How do we get more people back on? Hat off to TfL and to the mayor's office. Those central London bus cuts that were advocated at the end of last year not only have nearly all of them now been abandoned but London's buses are going to grow in the outer suburbs as of course he tries to encourage not only people in zone one to travel on public transport but to stop using their cars in the outer London boroughs as well so I have to say the answer is more money more resource and it's up to us then to use it and take full advantage of that £1.65. Well, thank you very much indeed, Leon Daniels. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure to be put right about a thing or two. And yes, whether you're listening in London, please get out and um, spend that £1.65. You can even change buses and interact with the tram as well if you want to for within an hour for that. And if you are listening elsewhere, well, next time you're in London, please make the most of the buses. They need you and you need them. For now, though, from me, Simon Calder, thanks very much indeed for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. 
That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.